0: Most importantly, I really want to say if you're a longtime follower of Jesus or maybe you're just investigating who Jesus is, I really hope this message encourages you to take your next step in your journey of faith or in your journey of investigating faith. Thanks again for listening. Would you guys stand with me all over the house and I just wanna pray for uh, what God's about to do, what he's already done today. If you're online, listening via radio, podcast, I want to invite you in right now. All over the house, Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are hope, you are life. And today, wherever we're at, that's the message to us. Maybe there's people who are skeptical, they've got questions, and we are so glad that they're in this space today, whether it's physically here or listening. And we believe that you've you've led them for a reason and that you want to invite them into this incredible story that you're writing. And and whatever is in their past is not too big for your grace and grace others of us who followed you for a long time, I just pray that we would be just open to maybe what you wanna do to lead us to take the next step right now. And so do your thing all over the place. We are here for you, for your name, for your renown. And so it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. You guys can be seated. What are you afraid of? Like, What are you afraid of? And some of it may seem silly to somebody else. Like I have a fear of rats and like you shouldn't laugh at that because that's a big it's a big deal. I haven't been diagnosed with anything, but like, it is a real legitimate fear. Uh, for some of you, it's whatever, it's clowns, it's fear of heights, it's fear that Nickelback's going to make another album sometime soon. We we have fear all over the map, right? And, and here's the thing, I think, and all of those are legitimate, and, and even kind of go to the next level, we have fear of failure, we have fear of what's going to happen with our kids, we have fear of maybe this next season of our life. Like, I struggled with some fear this week, and I'm not generally a fearful person, but just Just fear. But I think all of that at some level is like JV league to what I wanna talk about today. And I think all of us are impacted by this fear at some level. And it's just the fear of being found out. It's the fear of being found out. And I don't even mean by some like morally dark thing, but for some of us just being found out that we're not all that we wanna be. Like I have legit expectations for my life that I often don't live up to. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanna be this, but I'm not, always there. I'm not there most of the time. And so it's just a fear of what we project maybe not being our reality. And I think a lot of us struggle with that, man. And so we end up kind of getting into a place where we just kind of create a a faux reality, a faux Instagram world. It's easier to do that in our culture than ever before. Or we're always trying to put our best foot forward whether it's like in a job situation. And again, like you should do that. You need to keep a job, dating, like you should learn how to socially interact. So I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm just saying we're always like trying to project an image, right? We're always trying to somehow put our best foot forward. And the reality is that we have this thing in mind in terms of what we wanna be, but oftentimes there's just a gap. And in the gap, we're tempted to image cast. And in the gap, we're tempted to pretend, to fake it until we make it. And here's the thing, I, I try to be as honest as I can every week. Some of you don't like it, some of you love it, but the church is terrible at this. Like we, we kind of breathe this as we've talked about before. So may, like maybe you grew up in the church and you left when you got like 18 or 20 or whatever it was and you were a mess because you never felt like you could be honest about what you were struggling with. And so you left the church and you're like, it did me absolutely no good. In fact, I think maybe it hurt me. Or some of you grew up with parents who were big time, like Sunday school every week. And yet at home, it was a codependent train wreck and nobody knew about it. Or, or you had a dad that was all he taught in a Sunday school class, your church, you were all in. And yet there were things in your life and family they totally checked out of. And so I think at some level, like we can be as guilty of this as anybody in our culture of just where there's a gap between what we wanna be and who we are. We just, we just kind of pretend we image cast in that gap. Now here's the thing, just side note. Um, I think you should get your kids into church. I think you should be regular. I think you should get them into small groups. We have leaders right now doing amazing stuff while you're sitting in here. And I'm telling you the benefit over time is immeasurable, but you should just know this if you get your kids in church regularly. Your kids will expose you. They will. Like we get together in all staff. Sometimes you're like, what did the kids say today? And do you know who their parents are? Because they say all kinds of stuff. So as much as you're trying to, Pretend in the gap, your kids will not let you. Like they are going to tell on you. You have no idea the stories that we know. Um, a couple of years ago, we had um, this girl. I'm, I'm serious, we don't try to connect it back. Um, but yeah, we do. But so, um, one time, this, this girl a couple of years ago was in a small group, and I don't even know what they were talking about, but at some point in a small group, um, this girl just spoke up and said, Hey, my grandma is 100. And she just needs to go. (laughs) So we know what you, and I don't know if you're in here. I I really don't know who you are, but we know what you're talking about on the way home. And it's not the message. (laughs) It's granny's ultimate demise. Like I'm a little afraid of you. Like kids will just expose you. Um, Here's the other thing I think is true. Um, This is a big temptation for people who do what I do or pastors on a stage because to the point that there's any gaps between what you talk about and how you live. I mean, there's a massive temptation to just pretend. And if you were honest, at some level, you would just like me to pretend. Like I literally have, we have people leave the church because they think I'm too honest. I get that, that criticism every once in a while. But some of you actually like that. You only want me to be so real. Like if there's some things really going on in my life, um, and as I stand before you clear conscience, well, I don't have everything together, but things are pretty good. Um, I had an argument or two with my, I don't need to get into confession, but like, it's not perfect. But like, you don't want me to get like too honest to where it's like, well, I have no self-control. Elders came and picked me up last night, brought me home. I've had just enough coffee to stand on the stage right now. Like if that were going on, you don't want to know about it. Or if I come and go, listen, my marriage, um, Nicole told me she's going to give me one more shot. And so if you guys, if we could, if you just pray for me this week, like you don't want that, right? Like, so at some level, you would actually want me to pretend and trust me, everything is good. Um, That argument, she didn't say that. Um, Things are good. I'm feeling really self-conscious right now. Things are good, (laughs) but you kind of want me to pretend. And so my whole point is just this, if you are going to declare war on what is, the battle within you, the things that are warring on the inside of you, that there's this major fear that you're gonna have to overcome and it is a legitimate fear, but here's the reality. You are never gonna win that fight as long as you're pretending. And in fact, when you start pretending, you stop growing. And today, what I wanna come around is this idea of, I need to declare war on my secrets. I need to declare a war around this idea that I am so absolutely terrified of, which is being found out. I need to declare war on maybe what I've been carrying for a long time, and it's keeping me from what God wants to do in my life. And here is the reality is that God wants to heal you, but he cannot heal the you that you are pretending to be. He can't. Like one of the things that brings clarity and healing is honesty, and you see this all throughout scripture. So what I want us to come around today is the fact I need to declare war on being found out. I need to declare war on my secrets. And here's what I believe for some of us is that everything circumstantially is not gonna change. But on the other side of putting up a fight and going, I'm not gonna live this way any longer, right on the other side of that freedom, freedom is possible for you. Victory is possible for you and nothing may change, but for some of us, if we would just step out of hiding almost in an instant, you would begin to feel the freedom that Jesus has been trying to give you for a long time. And so our declaration today is, I wanna declare war on my secret. I'm not gonna live in hiding any longer. I'm not gonna live running from who I really am. And if I'm gonna declare war on the version of myself that I don't wanna be, then I have to be honest about the version that I currently am. Now, here's the thing. We are all tempted to hide because it's in our DNA. Like If you go back to Genesis, and I know you may not take Genesis seriously, so I don't have time to do a big apologetical thing. I know we have a lot of skeptics who tune in, and I'm so glad. Um, We believe Genesis because Jesus referenced Genesis. Jesus rose from the grave. I know you're smart. Go with the guy that walked out of a grave alive. If he says it, we're gonna go with it. And so I know there's a lot of complexities around Genesis. So just put those on hold for a second. But in Genesis, there's this story that goes down where you you see where all of this came from in Genesis chapter three, verse eight. The backstory is God created one rule to teach us that submission to God was a good thing. Like we don't make really great gods. Adam and Eve went off the rails and they decided to do what we do, which is like, I know better then I think God does where to find pleasure, where to find fulfillment. And so I'm just gonna ignore that. I'm gonna believe the enemy. And so everything started to go off the rails. And in Genesis 3, 8, it says this, they did what? First man and woman, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Because when there's a gap and when we're guilty or when we just don't feel like we measure up, this is low grade, not a specific event, but just this low grade insecurity, when we're carrying shame, we hide. And which is kind of ridiculous if you think about this in context, like God is physically like in the garden, Adam and Eve is there. This is like my four-year-old when he plays hide and seek. He wants me to count, I count, I look up. and I'm like, you're in the middle of the living room. I see you. Like this is, but this is the game that they start to play in, in verse nine. The Lord God called to the man. Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Which that's legitimate, that is a legitimate fear. But that's not really what he's afraid of. He's afraid because he's carrying shame. He's carrying something that he knows was wrong. And so it says, this is Adam, I hid. And then verse 11, he said, who told you that you were naked? This is God speaking to Adam. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And this is one of the most powerful verses in all of scripture, verse 12. And Adam said, yes, I did. And I take complete responsibility for everything that I've done. Come on, women, how would the world be different if Adam would have just manned up in this moment? Seriously. (laughs) What would that change? Instead, what does he do? Is the woman... Actually, I'll go a step further than that. Really what he says is, yeah, it was her, but God, all due respect, I think you need to think about what you've done because you gave her to me. So all due respect, I think that you need to think about why all of this went down and why you thought this was a good idea. And then you need to come back to me later and apologize that you made this woman and gave her to me because I was doing fine before she showed up in the garden, right? So you and Eve, you go think about it and you come back to me. If if you're new to the scriptures, like I'll tell you when I read verses that don't exist, that verse does not exist. Verse 12, here's the verse. The, The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And that was like partly true, but it wasn't the whole truth. And so the first thing that the first man did was hide and cover up and do what all of us do. Like we get really good, I get really good at covering up. I get really good, hear me for a second, at rewriting history, creating my own reality and ultimately going into hiding and hiding behind some stuff and some stories that I've created. And here's the thing, when you start hiding, you stop fighting. Over, game over. And so there Adam is hiding in the garden. He stops fighting. He's trying to blame shift. He's trying to cover up. He's trying to rewrite what happened. And here's the thing that I just wanna say. I wanna give you some good news for a second. We call it the gospel because this is so huge is that this is the moment things start to change and God's about to go, listen, I'm gonna do something new on planet earth where you don't have to live in hiding any longer. And it's gonna come through Jesus to where I'm gonna invite you out from behind your secrets. I'm gonna invite you out from behind your hiding. I'm gonna invite you out from behind your shame. I'm gonna invite you out from behind your guilt. And I'm inviting you out not to shame you. I'm inviting you out to heal you. It's a game changer. See, here's how you decipher the voice of God. If you've got some voices, not necessarily audibly, but they're wrapped around shame and they're wrapped around guilt and they're wrapped around fear, they're not the voice of God. Those are the voice of the enemy. Because over and over again, Jesus said things like this, that it is my kindness that leads you to repentance. You may have voices from your mother-in-law, you may have voices from your friends, you may have voices from your spouse, you may have voices from your adult kids, you may have voices from people that you work with and they wanna keep you where you are, but I'm telling you, I'm your savior. I did something on a cross, I walked out of a grave alive, I handled guilt, I handled shame, and now it is my overwhelming grace and my overwhelming kindness that invites you out and says to you, you do not have to hide any longer and they may keep you there, but I do not keep you there. And ultimately, I am the only one that matters. So come on out and experience healing. Come on out and experience freedom. Like One more thing, because the church has been so bad at this for so long where, where we will leverage guilt and condemnation in order to control people. And at the end of the day, you have no control and there's no change because it is really clear in history. It's really clear from what Jesus said is you can, you can create some momentary external change. It is going to be the message of grace that's gonna move inside to change somebody from the outside. And that's the only thing that's gonna change them. And so there they are in the garden and Jesus incarnate God in a body says to them, listen, I'm not leveraging this against you and I want you to come out. And then one day Jesus is going through Galilee when Jesus actually shows up on planet earth thousands of years later. And he's going through Galilee and he meets a woman and you you maybe know the story really well. And she has been fighting some wars for a long time and she's at the place where she's just kind of given up. And Jesus meets her and In John chapter four, verse six, I love this. Like Jesus was fully God, but fully man. And he never sinned, but he walked the earth and he got tired and he felt stuff. And there was temptation that he never gave into, but like he can relate. And so in verse six, Jesus meets this woman and said, Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well and it was about the sixth hour, which like that's the middle of the day. So if you know anything about the Middle East in the middle of the day when the sun is out, it's as hot. It's hot. You know how hot it is. It's hot. And so she had actually gone to a well that was furthest away from her home, you find out from the context. And so there is one reason that she's there and nobody else is there because nobody comes out in the middle of the day when it's freaking hot. And there she is because she's hiding, because she's got secrets. She's gonna go the furthest well away so she can just avoid contact. And so she meets Jesus and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. I'm sure he said it nicer. and They probably left it out of here, but in this, will you give me a drink? And it's kind of awkward because she's a Samaritan and he's a Jew and they didn't interact and she's a woman, big deal in that culture, but Jesus is there for a reason. And so he says, will you give me a drink? And they go back and forth for a second, and then in verse 10, Jesus answered her, as they're kind of going back in this little theological discussion, Jesus says to this woman at the well, "All his disciples are gone. It's just her and him. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you what's the word? Living water. Living water." And at this point, she's like, "Are we still talking about water?" because Jesus is moving to a deeper meaning because he knows that this woman is searching and she's been drawn out of the wrong wells for years. Because what you're gonna find out in a second is that the thing that she's been running toward is relationships and it's driving her deeper into the behavior and the habits and the shame that she doesn't wanna carry around. And so now she is unavailable to everybody else around her. She's going to unbelievable lengths to stay in hiding unbelievable lengths for nobody else to know because she's constantly drawing from the wrong well, but she's living under the illusion that we live under. Like, it's so crazy if you were to look at me, things that I've pursued and they haven't worked over and over and over again, and you would look at me and go, dude, you're not, like, you're not that smart. Why, why are you chasing this one more time? Because I'm living under the illusion that we all live under. If, if I just get one more thing of what doesn't work, it's gonna work. Just one, I thought that was a good point too. One more thing of what, I'm just kidding. One more thing of what doesn't work, it's gonna work. So I know the relationships haven't worked, but I think this is gonna be different. I know that the job potential and raise and promotion hasn't worked, but maybe I can just forget about my family for another season because I think if I can just get here, it's gonna work. I know that the habit and the clicking hasn't worked, but maybe just a little bit more of what's not working is gonna satisfy and it's not gonna work. And there she is, she's been drawing out of the wrong wells over and over and over again, and it's not working. And she has the idea of one more and it might work. But she's been driven into this for so long and she has gotten so discouraged that it's just easier to hide. It's just easier to pretend. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like in those areas where it's just like, it just gets to a point where like the easiest route forward is, I don't even know if healing's possible, but it's just easier to to just craft a faux image and keep doing what I'm doing. And Jesus, in essence, says to her, like, I'm offering you what you're looking for. And in verse 13, they again go back and forth. And then Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be what? And he's like, you already know that, right? In verse 14, but whoever drinks the water that I give him will, what's the two words? Jesus is like, listen, I'm offering you freedom from chasing one more thing and compromising and leaving a carnage around you as you chase it. Like I'm I'm giving and offering you freedom from having to hide your entire life. I'm giving you the offer of freedom where you can get to a place where everything doesn't change and you can't do away with the past, but that you can be okay with you that you can be all right. See, that's the thing that Jesus is offering is not just relational, everything is good with God, but ultimately everything is good with other people. And that starts with everything is good with you. Not that I've gotten everything right, but I know what Jesus has done. I'm not carrying stuff any longer and I'm not living in this reality where I'm always wondering if people really love me, if they really knew me. See, that's the thing, right? Our greatest fear is connected to our greatest desire, like the longing of our soul because we fear being found out, but we simultaneously want to be fully known and fully loved. In fact, that's the tension. As long as you are not fully known, you can never experience love and freedom because it only happens to the extent that you're known. And there's people around you where they're at a distance and they can't figure out what's going on relationally, but there's something that's gotten in the way and you never quite feel like you can accept the unconditional love that they're giving you. You never feel okay about the relationship because there's something going on inside of you where you don't feel known and there's always this question in your mind. And so Jesus is with this woman and says, listen, I'm inviting you out. And indeed, end of verse 14, the water that I'm gonna give any individual that, that takes it, any woman, any man, any group, it will become in him a spring of water welling up to what? Eternal life. Now at this point, she's like, okay, I know you're not talking about water. And you know that I know that you're not talking about water. And at this point, here's what you need to know. Eternal life in the New Testament is never exclusively talking about heaven, which is how we oftentimes misinterpret it. It's talking about, yes, Jesus has done something where he died for our sin, a punishment for what we've done. He walked out of a grave alive. If you transfer your trust from you trying to earn your way to him, to what he's done, that yes, you become a child of God, you have heaven, you have this unbelievable inheritance. But what you see throughout scripture is eternal life is referring to the moment you lean in and transfer your trust to what Jesus has done. Life starts in that moment. Life is available in that moment. Life can be experienced in that moment. I'm not saying everything is pain-free, problem-free, but Jesus is like, I did not put you on planet earth, give you a destiny and a will and tell you John 10, 10, I've got life and life to the full so that you can just, endure and somehow white knuckle your way through. I am offering you life. And as long as you're hiding, you're not experiencing life. And so Jesus in essence is saying to this woman, are you really living right now? Are you really living right now? Are you really experiencing life right now? And see, some of us, because of what's happened, we feel like it's not possible. And Jesus is going, it is, but you gotta come out of where you are and be honest about where you are. And if you're ever going to experience life, it's not gonna be found as long as you are in hiding. And so in verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. I'm in. And you have my undivided attention. I want whatever you're selling. And then in verse 16, and only Jesus could get away with this, being sensitive to where people are in the moment, because this is pretty powerful. Jesus says to her, go, call your husband and come on back. And he reaches into the most painful, insecure part of her life. And here's the thing. Jesus is about to usher in freedom for this woman. Jesus is about to give her victory. Jesus is about to change the game. Jesus is about to send the enemy that is killing her to the mat to go, hey, you can go and you can live whole and you can live free. But he's saying to this woman, you've got to go through the most painful part of what you're hiding to get to the other side. And I know momentarily it doesn't feel very good, but on the other side of this, I'm telling you, everything is going to change. Even if it doesn't change around you, it's going to change in you because you cannot heal and conceal. And so I'm gonna reach into the thing that that you're most hurt by, that you've been hiding, that's caused the most amount of pain, and I'm gonna free you. And so he says, she says, I have no husband, verse 17. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five of them. And in our culture, like, I mean, it's, you know, uh, five husbands, you're like Ross from Friends, like maybe there's some issues there. Um, I don't know where the Friends reference came from. If you haven't watched it, you should go to Netflix if I'm older than you. But like in this culture, it's even a bigger deal. He's like, you, you've had five husbands and the man that that you now have is not your husband. hey, hey. I know the secret you've been carrying. I know what you've been hiding. And here's the thing, in this culture, this was a lot about rejection more than anything else because women couldn't initiate divorce. So this woman had been rejected over and over and over and over and over over again. And I don't know a lot about her, but here's what I know. This wasn't her dream for her life. This is not where she wanted to be rejected over again, living with a guy who is not even her husband right now. Like this wasn't her dream. Can I just say this real quick? that I wish that we would come around this as a church, and I think so many of you are embracing this, is that there are a lot of people that are coming out of dysfunction. They're in the middle of it. They're struggling with some pain, some hurt. They've had some self-inflicted wounds. And in many cases, that wasn't their dream to end up there. And I think we need to be a church that just understands that. Yes, do we have culpability? Yes, do we sometimes make decisions that lead us to a destination? But we also need empathy to move in the direction of people to go, I know you weren't dreaming of this. I know this wasn't your... 10 year vision plan. And what you need right now is grace. You need empathy. You need me to come near and you need the church to go. This is not a place where you have to hide or keep it in secret because we've all been there at some level. And so I just wanna come and go, I know that you created some of this. I know it's bad, but you need to know that you are loved by me. You are loved by a perfect heavenly father. You are invited into freedom. And I know this wasn't your dream for your life. And so I just wanna be there for you. I think we need the church to do that for a lot of people to feel the freedom to be able to come out of where they've been in the past. And they don't always need a lecture from you. And so there she is, and this isn't her dream, but this is the moment, man, where she's, she is facing down her greatest hurt, her greatest fear, her greatest failure. And simultaneously about to find Freedom. You get a little clue. She runs back to her town. She actually leaves her water jug. So the thing she was there for, she actually doesn't even pay attention to because when you meet Jesus, a lot of the stuff that you were consumed with doesn't even matter anymore. And so she leaves it there and she runs back to her town and the town that she's been hiding from, the town that she's been trying to portray an image to, a town that she's been trying to keep her secrets on the down low and she runs back. And it says in verse 39, many of the Samaritans, from the town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Cause she's like, he told me everything I ever did. And it's amazing. He knows me. He knows what I did. He knows the secrets I've been carrying. He he knows the me that I've been projecting that's not the real me. He knows the stuff that I've been hiding. He knows all my pain. He knows the rejection. He knows the entire thing. And I'm telling you, this is the moment for her where nothing changed. She still had a dude living on her couch, but this is the moment where she experienced freedom because I don't have to hide any longer. And I'm just telling you church, the moment you are willing to step out and go, I am not gonna allow this secret to keep me here any longer. In that moment, there is freedom. It is offered for you where you can go, they know everything and it's amazing. Because for the first time, maybe I feel fully known and fully loved by somebody and I'm not carrying this any longer. And this was the moment for her where freedom was found. Right on the other side of the things that she feared the most and that she was most tempted to cover up. But here's the thing, and I know this is kind of uncomfortable, but, Confession is the only way to declare war on the secrets that are holding you back. It's, it's the only—the secrets that are growing in the dark because shame grows in the dark, and habits grow in the dark, and dysfunction grows in the dark. It, it feeds on the dark. And Jesus is offering healing, but He's willing to heal the moment you stop hiding. And here's the thing. Here's where I think the crux of the whole issue is, is that the reason we fear being found out, and that's legitimate, like I'm with you. We can be together on that. The reason we fear being found out is because we don't fear the consequences of hiding. The consequences of going your whole life with your past never really being your past. The consequences of maybe going your whole life with shame and guilt absolutely killing you. Going your whole life and and wanting to feel loved, but never fully receiving it because you're not fully known. And so there's always this this self-inflicted rejection in you. Or going your whole life and, and carrying a weight into every relationship that what happened in college comes into your marriage and what happens on the business trip went back home and what happened in the marriage went to the other relationships around you and you're constantly carrying it around and because we don't, fe- we don't fear what happens with concealment, we're never willing to step out and go, the momentary dysfunction or trouble or ripple effects of just going, I'm not gonna hide behind this any longer. I'm telling you, they are trumped by what you will find and what you'll discover on the other side. Because here's the thing for some of us. There's relationships where we can never really get close or there's somebody else who feels like they can't get close to us. And the reason is because as long as you're hiding something, you're not available to someone. There's a part where it's like, you can't figure out like what's going on. Why can't we get closer? Why can't we get on the other side of that? And it's because maybe it has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with a secret that they're carrying. And until that comes out into the light, you can't make any traction. This is why confession and getting stuff out into the open and not hiding and carrying our secrets any longer, it sets other people free as well. God does something to set free the relationships all around you. And so the place that you have to come to is to go, I'm not going to be afraid of what's going to happen if I'm found out. I'm going to be more afraid of what's going to happen if I conceal because I cannot conceal and heal. And so in this moment, I am declaring war on my secrets. I'm not hiding any longer. I'm not keeping it under wraps any longer. I'm not creating an image any longer. I'm coming out into the open because I serve a savior who went to the cross and finished it walked out of a grave alive and says, you don't have to carry shame. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be something you're not. You don't have to fear rejection with me. I came for the whole purpose of you being able to be you, not an imaginary you. And when you decide to be you, I'm gonna heal that you. And I'm gonna do something on the other side to create that pain and use it as a platform. I'm gonna do something to take your secret and I'm gonna use it for my greater glory. And so you just need to step out and go, I'm not gonna hide it. And that's the moment that you declare war. And I'm telling you, that's the moment your savior wants to go. I'm inviting you into freedom. I'm inviting you into wholeness. And so if you were God and you loved you, what would you say to you? Knowing all that's true. I think there's two things. You need to be honest with God and you need to be honest with somebody around you. But like, it's, it's crazy, man. We can pretend so long that we lose sight of what's real. And you, you're running from the one person who can do anything about what you're dragging and struggling with. And you just need to be honest with God because that, honesty brings clarity. And God's going, I'm inviting you to come. And you know that I already know it, but you're resisting me. You won't pray to me. You're you're doing some things where you're ignoring the steps that I want you to take in terms of my will and destiny for your life. And I just wanna set you free. So just be honest with me. I already know, you already know. We just need to talk about it, but you need to come to me knowing I knew it all when you went to the cross and I went there anyway. I handled it. I knew what the future you was gonna look like. I'm not surprised, about that so just come to me and be honest with me and just that God will begin to use but then for others of us like we need to be honest with somebody around us. James says this, James the brother of Jesus, like he knew some stuff. He's like, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what's the word? no one more time like you mean it you will be what healed meaning there's a healing that comes only when you are willing to step out and not conceal any longer there's a healing that comes when you're willing to stop hiding and James like oh, God wants to heal you and so you you need to you need to do something with somebody around you not that nobody knows but the right person doesn't know for some of you there, there's a secret there's something that you've been carrying and and you just need to go have a conversation with somebody that you've hurt. I remember several years ago preaching a message like this and I was talking to a guy that that he wanted to go do breakfast and so we went and did breakfast and so it was just me and this other dude and he starts crying halfway through the breakfast which is so awkward to be with a guy doing breakfast and the guy starts crying and that's like the, the craziness of being a pastor. So I'm trying to just be empathetic but like stop crying, I'm awkward. I didn't say that but that's, And so I'm there with him and like, he just starts to tell me some stuff that happened earlier on in his relationship and, and, and some habits that he was, still, he was still struggling with that he was afraid was gonna derail his whole marriage. And, and so he's asking me what I should do. And it was right after I, I preached a message like this and I wanted to tell him what he wanted to hear, but I couldn't. And so we talked about that and I could feel the weight on him and he walked away. And then I remember the next time I saw him, his face was just like lit up and he's like, it was hard. There was some momentary, like it was a struggle. There were some promises I had made that I broke. and But I'm telling you, his words, I have never felt more free in my life. And God restored that marriage and led them to have several kids and they're off somewhere helping plant a church on the other side of the country. But I'm telling you, for some of you, I know, I know it's hard, but there's somebody that you've hurt and you just, you're trying to, to find all these other ways to heal and to move forward with peace. And this is the one thing you haven't done. And this is the one thing that's gonna set you free. For others of us, like we we just need to confess a war that we're fighting or a habit we've been struggling with, man, because there are some habits that are not able to be broken without confession. This is what AA and NA know so well. But I think sometimes they're. There's not always the, that hope and that peace and what you need is only found in Jesus. But what they do understand is there's some habits that can only be broken with confession because what happens is it breaks the pride that is behind some of that sin. And so you just need to get it out into, into the open to somebody to go, I need you to walk with me. I need, you, I need you to pray for me. I need you to ask me, but I'm not gonna live with this any longer. And then some of you, you just, you're battling shame and insecurity and fear, and you just need to stop acting like you have it all together. You need to get into community and there needs to be some people you trust where you open the door to accountability to go, I don't wanna live my whole life with this. And I know that as long as I'm hiding, I am resisting healing. And so I'm just gonna get this out into the open. And so wherever you're at, you may need to, you need to just be honest with God today. You need to be honest with somebody else today. But here's um, the last thing that I wanna tell you is that you have a choice and either the enemy is gonna control your story or you're gonna take control of your story. But I'm telling you, what the enemy wants to do is keep you in shame and hiding and under guilt for so long that you never are able to step out and you constantly hear the whispers of the enemy, the condemnation of the enemy. And Jesus is going, you do not have to live your life there. You can take control of your story to go, the enemy will not hold this over me any longer. I'm bringing it out into the light. You know who I was, I was an addict. You know who I was, I was unfaithful. Do you know where I was in so much dysfunction, but the enemy can't whisper to me a.m. any longer. I'm bringing it into the light. I know who Jesus is. I know what he's done in my life, and I will take control of my story for his glory, and I will live free, and I'm going to stick it to the enemy today to go, no more. You are not going to keep me here any longer. I'm coming out. I'm going to receive your hope, and I'm going to live in peace. You can take control of your story. And then then last thing, this is gonna be the last thing. I don't know if I already said that, but this this will be the last thing. Because I need to say this to us. Church, let's be that kind of church where we're not driving people into hiding. And all of us are for that until somebody sins differently than us. So let's just get everything on the table. Whatever the struggle is, Whatever the dysfunction is, whatever the secret is, whatever they've been hiding is, let's be the, and I think this is why God is using you. I think why this keeps growing. I think this is why we gotta keep pushing for the one and plant campuses and move all over the city and beyond because God is doing something in you to invite people from every background to go, you don't have to hide anymore. And let's be that kind of church. Even if you're uncomfortable with it, even if you don't sin the same way to go, whatever it is, sexually, financially, your marriage, What happened when you were a kid? We just wanna invite you out and we wanna be the kind of church that moves with empathy to go. This is the first step to finding what Jesus has for you and you don't have to keep it a secret any longer. And I think God will do something through our movement that is immeasurably beyond what we can even ask or imagine if we do not play the cultural game of several decades of keeping people in secret, but inviting them out, knowing that they're gonna receive grace and mercy and love on the other side. Let's be that kind of church. I was just waiting to see if that was going to develop, and it wasn't, <laughs> so it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> I was just, I was giving you a shot. <laughs> Listen, this is what, and I know it makes some people uncomfortable. This is what gives me the freedom to stand up here and go, sometimes I suck at being a Christian. This is what gives me the freedom, even this week struggling with some a little anxiety and, and fear that normally doesn't seem to, to touch me the same way it did with the weight of some decisions where I just, I treat my wife badly in a few moments. And, and it, but it gives me the freedom to stand up here and go, listen, I, I don't have to pretend for you. God's already told you that I'm a mess. I don't have to pretend for you that I'm not a mess. And it's not that God's not growing me and and I know who I am in Christ that, that I'm, a, I'm a child of God, that I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna love my kids well. I'm gonna love my wife well, but sometimes who I am doesn't match up with what I do at certain moments. So I gotta speak that truth over me, but I also don't have the fear of getting up here and trying to be something that I'm not. I'm already a mess that's been put back together through Jesus and God's gonna continue to finish what he started in me. And so I just get to be up here and be free, whether you like it or not, because there is no condemnation and there is no fear of rejection and there is no need to front. In his kindness, whether you give it to me or not, or whether somebody gives it to you or not, his kindness is the only thing you need to change. And so I think, I think authenticity is the currency of our culture. And I think if our church continues to move to be those kind of people, not just as we're gathered in here, but as the church gathers and goes to your home and your workplace and wherever else God sends you, I think authenticity is the currency of our culture. And it is so attractive because it is so rare. And the movement of Jesus followers that say, we are gonna be authentic in our culture, I think they will capture the imagination of a generation. So let's move forward today to say, I declare war on my secrets. Who do you need to confess to? What do you need to confess? What do you need to get out into the open? And are you willing to take the step toward freedom and toward peace and toward relational intimacy with your Savior. Because I know it's hard, and I know you need courage, and I know that there's a lot of implications in the moment, but freedom is awaiting you on the other side. Would you stand with me all over the house? I'm going to invite you to pray with me. If, if you're listening via radio, podcast, online right now, so glad you're joining us. But if we could stay where we are for just a second, and I'm gonna take about 45 seconds, but just in respect to what God's doing all over this room, but if you would if you would just pray with me right now. Lord, I pray for, for those right now in this moment that know that there's a step that they need to take. I pray that you would give courage. I pray that you would give faith to believe that you are in it. Lord, I pray that they would, even in this moment, fear hiding more than they fear being found out. And that Lord, we would not live another, another year, another decade of our lives, literally putting in some respects life on pause, the life that you've invited us into because we're not willing to come out of hiding and we're not willing to get honest. And I pray that the, the invitation and the longing of our soul today would move us to do whatever has to be done so that we live the next decade or two of our life in peace and in freedom, accomplishing your destiny for our life. And so God, give us what we, what we need right now and give us the grace on the other side of what we need to do. And we ask all of this in the incredible, life-changing and powerful name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message, would you do us a favor and rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher? You can actually now listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Basically, this just helps us get the message of Jesus out to more people. And the other thing I would say is, we would love for you to join us at one of our gatherings. One of the things we work really hard at is to create a safe place for people to be able to ask questions, to be able to investigate and grow in their faith if they're longtime followers of Jesus. And one of the things that we say a lot is regardless of what background you're coming from, you can belong here before you believe. And so if you want more information about our church, our location, service times, just go to our website at centerpointfl.org.